Hey everybody, and I guess welcome. I know it's been a long time since I updated, but wanted to kind of let y'all know what's going on in my life right now. Um, I had COVID and I was hospitalized, you know, going to my story. Um, right now, I live off of 25 feet of oxygen tubing every day. I'm on three liters of oxygen 24-7. And this has been a, a whole new experience for me. One I almost didn't live through. But I'm still here. And I want to kind of let everybody know. Um, so I'm sorry if you hear my breathing. Luckily, I have just a nasal cannula in right now. So that's awesome. Um, yeah, this whole experience has been well, life-changing, I suppose. But uh, yeah, so... I want to tell everybody my story, and hopefully, hopefully this gives some people a hope, and some encouragement. I, I know it's hard. I know it, we've all lost loved ones and family and friends to this disease, but we have to keep going on. And we have to keep trying. And we have to keep praying a lot. Because that's the only thing that got me through. Because I consider it a miracle from where I was. And I think the doctors and staff and everything that were so... they never gave up and they worked so hard to to get me stable it was definitely just uh, I don't even know what to call it <laughs> an adventure I suppose got lung damage um, I don't know they say it just takes time for it to heal so I live on a home oxygen equipment and I'm 38 years old but if I have to be on oxygen the rest of my life I accept that. I don't like it, obviously. But. But wishing and hoping won't make it go away. And that was one hard lesson I had to learn. But yeah, so again, I'm sorry if you hear my breathing. and <laughs> I'm trying to talk a little bit low because it's early morning and everybody's still sleeping. But I wanted to put this out there and I wanted to. Like I said, if it hopefully gives people some hope, 
just something that if I can come home, I know other people can too. So yeah, um, this might be a, a little bit long. Um, I don't know. I'll just kind of talk and share my story and hopefully don't bore nobody. But, uh, yeah. Um, okay. So, well, let me preface this by saying I'm just giving a, like a night run up to what all happened. Um, so, you know, I mentioned before like different martial arts I tried and stuff. Anyway, so I tried Muay Thai. I love Muay Thai. I absolutely do. I found the, the best gym, the best coach. And it was so fun. And for me, too, especially, like, it's so hard for me to focus. I remember, like, with other martial arts, like, all the different moves and different combos and stuff. Not with Muay Thai. Muay Thai, it's pretty straight to the point. And I love it. And it's so fun. But, um, I had, <laughs> they always say, you know, that first punch, that first kick, uh, within it, within kind of martial arts, like, or boxing or anything, like, once you get the, that first punch, that first kick, it hits you, it's a game changer. And it, it is. <laughs> I, uh, about two weeks where I got, came a positive for COVID. Was on training, and I took a bad kick to my side, and it put me to the floor. Like it hurt so bad, and um, dude was obviously kicking way too hard, and I was very inexperienced enough to not know how to react to the kick, and also how to you know flex my body and prepare for it. Just so naive at it. But, um, I ended up, I thought like I was going to puke and pass out. Like, it hurt so bad. And it knocked the wind out of me, but I could feel like there was something deeper. Like, it just hurt so bad. Well, it ended up, uh, after I finally kind of calmed down a little bit and caught my breath, finished practice or finished this training for the rest of the day, which was no easy. <laughs> No easy battle by any means. I was like, you know what? I'm here. I gotta do this. Because I also think it's important to you that sometimes people see you get knocked down, but it's important they see you get back up. And I just, I think that's important. I think that lots of people need to, they need that. Um, my wife was not happy. <laughs> so, um, I got home, and I was just, the way she said, like, I was with white as a ghost. She could tell something was wrong. And I could just, it hurt so much to breathe. Well, anyway, she's like, you need to go to the ER. Yeah, you might have broken ribs. Or... So I was like, all right. So, and I went to the ER. Uh, it turns out I had bruised ribs. Um, no bleeding, though. No internal bleeding which is super awesome. My liver wasn't damaged, which again, super awesome. Um, so that was a win, you know, could have been a lot worse. Cracked rib, broken ribs, ribs could have punctured long, all kinds of fun stuff. But luckily that did not happen. <laughs> so, and one of the big things that they told me about, 
was um, you need to sit up and move to prevent pneumonia. Okay, I can do that. It hurts so much to breathe. <laughs> like, it hurts so bad. Well, so then I would, um, and it's on my right side. So, when I would sleep, I'd have to sleep on my left side or my back. And I couldn't roll over to my right side. And so I'd sleep prodding, propping, so I was sitting propped up. So, This, like I said, about two weeks prior to COVID. So I was dealing with the bruised ribs. And then, um, my wife started getting really sick. And of course, you know, we were afraid it's COVID, but it's so hard to tell nowadays because everybody's been wearing a, a mask for years. So everybody's allergies, cold, and flu. And, so much stuff's going around. Um, so, you know, we didn't know. But she just seemed to get pretty sick. And then it kind of got worse. So, um, it really kind of hit her, like, hard and fast. So, well, you should probably get out and get tested. So, she went to urgent care, got tested. Two days later, it came up positive. I'm like, wow, great. Well, of course, by this time, we live in a little two-bedroom apartment. Like, we're all exposed. There's no, there's no quarantine. There, there, our family's exposed here. So, I took the kids down later that day. That to the pediatrician, they got tested. They came out positive. My seven and five-year-old. And so then I went to the VA later that day, and then of course I came up positive. You know, you know they say when it rains it pours. So whenever we had loaded up to go to the pediatrician, hop in the van, and it's got a flat tire to the ground. I'm like, no, because I was already feeling a little bit bad. I was like, this is not happening. All right, so. We get home. Everybody's sick. And I'm starting to feel a little bad. But, like, I gotta go out to the store to get Gatorade and stuff. So I go out. Get back. I'm exhausted. We didn't know I was sick, though, yet. I just kind of had, like, a sore throat. And you felt super tired. Like, in a way. Well... So then, I'm sorry if you can hear the fan kind of go in the background. Um, I got the weather channel on too. You know why I like the weather channel? Just for like background noise. Because the weather channel is just the weather. And in some days, you just need the consistency. No matter what, no matter what's going on in the world, it's just the weather. And sometimes that's just the nicest thing, just to have that consistency, because you know what it is, but, um, anyway, so, uh, I guess, at this point, let me go ahead and I'll do the, uh, 
the talk about Anchor real quick. One moment. And I'll be back. So, back to the, what happened. So this was, at this point, like a Tuesday. And my wife had started getting, you know, a, a little better. The kids, luckily, we were so fortunate. They only had mild fever and barely a sore throat. We we were so lucky. Thank God that he allowed he healed them and it killed them a lot worse. Unfortunately, it has for a lot of parents. And yeah, my deepest sympathies. But so the kids gonna bounce back super fast. Um, though she you know we contacted her doctor everyone said the same thing we've called the VA you know I called the VA talked to them I said take zinc vitamin C and vitamin D treat the symptoms okay you know because everybody said oh it's just the flu so you figure all right three four days I bounce back from that I think it was around day two or three, we lost our sense of smell and taste. Um, when the fever hits, and the coughing, and, you know, I I would go on Google, it's funny, go on Google and I'll look up, um, you know, day three, coronavirus. Um, you know, what symptoms should be or how fast you can bounce back from my base. Basically, you know, what if I'm on day five, I should be on this symptom and, you know, can I come around back from it? Look all that up, do that, and it's, you know, waiting. Well, anyway, in the meantime, my wife started getting better. Thank goodness. Um, and... It, it's funny because health-wise, she has more health symptoms, pre-existing health conditions than I do. But for whatever reason, it absolutely just floored me. Um, and also, in that same time, uh, the VA had sent me up uh, pulse ox to check my oxygen. I knew enough as to pass as an EMT, you know that. It's important to check that, and the the big thing that I kept saying is, well, if you can't breathe, go to the hospital. Okay. Hang on one sec. I'm going to take a drink of hot tea. My throat is killer with this oxygen. Like, of course, no, I tell you that stuff, too. Um, but yeah, my throat just stays sore. And they never tell you about the nosebleeds you get from <laughs> having to wear an oxygen all the time. Well, not really nosebleeds all the time, but just when you blow your nose, just... Sorry, made too, too much info, but... <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, we're learning. Yeah, I drink, uh... Let's see, this one is... 
turmeric, uh, ginger, and here, what else? Anything? Oh, yeah, I threw a cough drop in there as well. Um, which I don't even taste now. But, um, so anyway, so then she started getting better. And I was trying to control, like, my fever and stuff with, uh, you know, Tylenol. They said don't take ibuprofen because it could um, cause clots. Apparently, it's just what both the doctors said. Okay. Um, you know, trying to eat, all this fun stuff. Well, it got to a point then, for like three days... I couldn't, all I could do was just sleep. Like, I could barely open my eyes. But, you know, I'd get up enough and eat food, you know, eat meal and come back to sleep. thought, you know, it's, this is par for the course. This is just how it does, right? And my fever kept getting worse. And it would go away and then come back. And the headaches, oh, you get like an ice pick headache. And your eyes burn for some reason. I don't know. But, um, and then I started getting really nauseous. And it got to a point, I should have went to the hospital, and I was almost at point of no return. <laughs> like, I, even when I went in the hospital, they said, you should have came in a long time ago. But, um, I, uh, I would I would be sleeping dead asleep, and I'd wake up and start vomiting, and this would go like I, I would do this three or four times a night, and then it got to a point where I couldn't keep nothing down. I I would maybe eat some grapes, everything I would eat I'd throw it right back up, I drink throw it right back up, and it just kept getting worse. Yeah, and eventually. I think this was a week, maybe after a week, I'd say. Um, started feeling a little bit better, and I will say also too that, in my experience, usually when someone is starting to go deathly downhill health-wise. There's almost always a point that they get a lot better before it crashes. So, again, I'd been, you know, monitoring the pulse ox and monitoring the oxygen. I thought, you know, okay, everything's good, whatever. So, then, um, it was a Saturday, I think. Yeah, um, I was feeling better. And I, like, I even went and drank some Monster Energy drink. I ate a sandwich. And I felt like I had some energy. You know, I was like, all right, well, you know, we can beat this. You know, because, again, I was still taking the vitamin D, the vitamin C, uh, zinc. You know, taking all the stuff I was supposed to. And I went back in the bedroom and I put on one of the episodes of Marvel's What If, 
had Disney Plus at the time. And there was one about Doctor Strange. And I was laying there, I was sitting there watching it. And all of a sudden, it kind of felt like it was getting harder to breathe. But I just thought, okay, maybe it's my anxiety. Because we all know I got anxiety issues. Um, I thought, maybe it's just that. So, you know, these are only like 30 minute episodes. So, after about 10 minutes, I felt uncomfortable. 15 minutes, shift to position. Still not feeling too good. 20 minutes, and I was like, something's wrong. So, I went into the living room, and my wife checked on the pole socks. And I think at that time, my auction said it was in the 70s. Now, typically, anything, um, I mean, 94 is a good day at this point for me, but anything um, usually uh, less than 94, definitely less than 90, you want to go to the hospital. So, when I saw 70, oh, that panic set in. So I said, look at my lips, do they look blue? She said, yes. And again, I was like, oh no. <laughs> Looked at my fingers, because fingers and lips are very good indicators. If your fingers and lips are blue, you're not getting enough oxygen. These are very, this is very important. A lot of things can affect the pulse socks, whether or not your fingers are cold, your hands are cold, your skin's clammy if you're wearing uh, nail polish, different things like that. But a key indicator, if your lips are blue, and also if your fingertips start turning blue, you're not getting enough oxygen. Um, so I try not to panic. And my wife, she looked up online, uh, trying to land the prone position to help your oxygen. So I went in the bedroom, lay down on my stomach, and, you know, I could still talk, but, but it, but it was getting harder, and it, it, it's, it's almost like you, you could talk, I could have a conversation, but it's like there's this weight kind of on your chest. So... Then um, laid on my chest for a little bit. Um, my oxygen got up to eighty something, and she's like, "Well, maybe you can either call your doctor or or something about either drive to the you know, or drive to the um, hospital or care." But again, I. I dealt with I my very very small limited medical knowledge and EMT training. I um I, I don't mean light for anyone who's EMT trained. I just mean I have I haven't been EMT for years now. But I did know enough that once um once your oxygen starts getting in that range, once it starts going down, typically there's only one outcome, and it's respiratory failure then death. 
that's just how the body works. So I knew enough that this is where we're headed. So um, I made a decision to go ahead and call an ambulance. And they took me to the VA hospital. And they weren't too happy when I first showed up because they were so busy. But then they started checking me out and they're like, oh, oh, this is not good. So I was in, at that time, I was in respiratory failure and I couldn't breathe. I couldn't breathe. I try not to panic, but they couldn't get my oxygen up. So, of course, they put me on oxygen. I was able to get it up a little bit um, in the ER. And uh, they fought and fought with my temperature. Uh, didn't really give me antibiotics at that time. Um, but tried to just treat my symptoms a little bit. So I was in the ER for about, and I was in a bed too, they put me in a bed right away. Um, six hours, I want to say. And then they told me they were going to admit me. I got to say, you got to be pretty much almost dead to get admitted to a VA hospital. It don't happen. Um, so I knew things, they, they didn't look good. So, got admitted. And uh, first night was rough. I never, um, not that... I, I've never had to stay in the hospital overnight. Um, but just how I was feeling, I barely, I think I got maybe an hour of sleep that first night because I couldn't sleep. So much had happened, so much going through my head. Well, anyway, they had me on this, you know, had me on oxygen, trying to help. Um, they started giving me antibiotics, uh, went through the IV. Uh, they gave me remdesivir, um, antibiotic. Uh, um, they started me on steroids. Jeez, uh, I forget what else. I had like 15, 20 pills they gave me a day. Um, it was either my second or third night. There was two staff course I was in a room by myself um, I was confined to my room I had about two about two feet of oxygen tubing uh, wires all over me um, to hook me up to telemetry to monitor me 24-7 um, but uh, there's two staff that have come in my oxygen has started to drop a little bit and they were trying to work with me, uh, putting me in different positions to help out. When all of a sudden my oxygen just plummeted. And I was wondering why they were talking about my, my vitals all of a sudden. Well, next thing you know, I hear they're calling code white. And then, you know, it's hard for me to breathe at this point, but I'm trying to figure out what's going on. 
Um, yeah, because I, I still had a... At this point, they switched to a mask, an hour breather mask. But gosh, it still wasn't coming up. It was 70s, low 70s. Um, it took me a few minutes, and my room just filled with, like, doctors and nurses. Of course, everyone that came in there. Um, full gear, full mask, full uh, gown, gloves. You know, every person had, like, a space suit on and stuff. Um took me about five minutes, but I realized that the reason why they were calling out my stats and why they were all there, they were ready and waiting in case my heart stopped. And they were ready to shock me and then go ahead and intubate me to you know, put a tube in my throat and artificially breathe me that way to bring me back. Well, that was a... Uh, that was a moment. <laughs> um, I wiggled my foot a lot. Just told him I was trying not to panic. Uh, and then... Finally, someone all of a sudden just shoved a mask on me. And... Man, they they, they cranked that auction like 100%. Because all of a sudden, I just had this super, super cold blast of oxygen just hit me full force in the face and in my lungs. And it hurt so bad, but all of a sudden I kind of came around and kind of woke up a little bit. I was like, whoa, this is nuts. <laughs> like, it's crazy. And uh, things kind of calmed down a little bit. Um, so I spent the night like that. Um, they tried to take, injecting in the next day or oxygen. They couldn't stabilize me. They put me on a high flow machine. Uh, I think I was receiving at the time 85% uh, pure oxygen. Um, and it, uh, it was, I, I, I barely, I think, had stats in like the 80s, even with the high flow initially. Um, uh, a few days later, I had two doctors come around and uh, they wanted to talk about my in life procedures. And I knew where this was going. One thing I could do was accept it. There's no wishing or hoping that would make it go away in my situation. So. I said I would like them to do what they can, but in the end, just don't let me suffer. Um, yeah, that was that was a hard pill to swallow in some ways, but. But I knew I had to accept it. Um, I had social worker call me to go over um, living wheel and everything. So, and it was hard telling my family that too. 
I never told my parents, but I told my wife, and that was that was heartbreaking for her. But ever uh, trying to wonder if I got something to do. I knew I had to um, could afford the apartment when I was dead, so I called the manager, talked to her, explained the situation. Or that family's gonna need help when I'm going. And basically begged her, you know, can you please help? Because they're gonna they're gonna need help when I'm going living here. I went over a few things with my wife about how to get the title and stuff switched over uh, with the vehicle. Um, yeah. So Then uh, the other doctor called and s- said that everything that they tried so far not was working. So they had some type of uh, experimental rheumatoid arthritis medicine that just recently got approved. And if I'd be willing, they could try it. Because they said that at this point, the benefits outweigh the risk. They said, it's your choice. So you, you, these are decisions when they come up. You don't know what to choose. You're just like... You just have to make a decision. So I said, okay. At this point, too, I forgot to mention, they put me on blood thinners. I've never been on blood thinner before in my life. So every day, about three times a day, I get a shot in my stomach uh, with blood thinners. Which, now, I'm pretty black and blue and I'm bruised all over. Hopefully nothing bad from that, but, I don't know. Um, yeah, so that was, that was a scary situation. My room was, my my room worked. I had a little window that I could tell them they spoiled me. I had a little window that I could partially see a tree. Um, I had my chair, my bed. And on special occasions, I could take my oxygen tank to the bathroom. Uh, Originally, they had me uh, a little portable potty set up beside my bed. But then, when they took me down, I, and also I had to do, um, uh, what they call it, radiated uh, CAT scans on my chest. Because they were sure I had blood clots. That's what the blood thinners are for, to prevent blood clots. But they were sure I had blood clots. So, I kept one of the oxygen tanks and kind of squirreled it away a little bit. So that way, whenever I was able to use the bathroom, I'd take my oxygen tank with me. Because... It was a lot better than the porta potty that's right beside your bed, you know. Just it is. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I had so many people reach out to me and my family and everything. And at one point, I was talking to my a seven year old. And I sent her a picture of me 
scared her because of the oxygen that I was wearing. And that was hard because I didn't mean to scare her. But I didn't send her any more pictures like that again. I lay there at night and I realized that if this is the end, there's there's nothing that I can do. I've been very blessed to have a very fortunate life. Got to get married, have kids, do some wild adventures. But, but I accepted my death. One big thing I wanted everyone to know is that I wasn't afraid and I wasn't scared. So many prayers went out for me. Of course, I prayed too, cried a lot. Um, but not out of fear. Just sadness, not being able to grow old with my wife or see my kids grow up, get married, have grandchildren, things like that. Um, but every night I would pray and I'd ask God, please heal me. if that's not his will just take me home because I was so tired I was so exhausted and just <laughs> it's hard to describe I was just so tired <sighs> but each day, slowly but surely, I fought for every breath that I had. And little by little, my oxygen stats start coming up, one point at a time, from in the 80s. I fought for every breath that I could get. Inch by inch, it was a crawl to survive. And there was not many of us in the same boat as I was around me that had been there as long as I had in some of the rooms over me. And I was still there. Eventually, they were able to take me off the high flow, put me on a regular nasal cannula. They were able to switch me down to regular oxygen. And I finally started eating. <laughs> I lost like 15 pounds in the hospital.
um, and the staff. <laughs> the staff were amazing. They um, they were so encouraging, and they told me they they said we hate seeing you like this. They said all we can do is just watch you suffer because I had the right medicine, but it wasn't getting any better. And so I talked to the staff a lot, and they opened up, and we talked a lot about God and religion, and a lot of them cried, and I would like to think, I don't know, I would like to think that maybe this just gave them some hope. They got one to go home, and all they do all day is all they see is just suffering and death. It's just, just some hope. Um, yeah. Um, and there was this one dude who would. It was like 6 a.m. He would come and check my vials. And my eyes would barely be open. But dude was like rocking. He was like, let's go. He's like, we got to fight. He's like, we got to do this. He's like, nobody wants to respect anybody anymore. And I was like, what? Like, my eyes are barely open. This dude is going to town. I was <laughs> it's funny, too. He's like, come on, you got to hold your on. And I was like, dude, I'm barely awake. But okay, who are we fighting today? Like, let's go. <laughs> and like, I, you know, I, I've got... I get depressed and say stuff that like you gotta have hope and I'm like hope's a killer. They're like, No 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 no. Don't talk like that. They say you have to have hope. And then he saw my Superman tattoo and he was like, Look at Superman, he's like Superman will go into battle knowing he's gonna get hit with Kryptonite, but he'd still go. He's like, That's what you gotta do. You gotta keep on. And so it was little bits of encouragement like that was like the hugest most powerful thing for me because it gave me hope it gave me that fighting fighting chance so I knew I knew I had to keep fighting I knew I had to it's like I said in my previous episode you've got to keep fighting you have to keep going you cannot quit because I knew if I quit I died and I couldn't do it I couldn't quit I wouldn't been knocked down too many times. I'm not ready to give up yet. So, uh, eventually, we were able to, you know, move me to a regular cannula, and uh, let's see. Then finally, the fifteenth. So I went in on, went to the ER uh, September 5th. I left the hospital September 15th. So I was in there for 10 days. And, and, and honestly, I didn't even realize it. I, I didn't even know I was in there for that long. It just, it, so much blurred together, so much happened. But, um,. But I promise you this, and I say all of this, 
I'm sorry too. I should have mentioned the, one of the things that kept me in the hospital. Um, obviously COVID, but then I also had pneumonia. And when you have COVID plus pneumonia, it's basically a death sentence. And after I got out, I looked at the statistics. There's not a lot of us that come out of the hospital with COVID plus pneumonia. I was supposed to go to the ICU many times. They couldn't get a bed open. And once you get to the ICU, it's a short trip from the ventilator, and then that's pretty much about it. say on September 5th I went into the ER on a stretcher with respiratory failure with COVID plus pneumonia but on September 15th I walked out of there on my own two feet so I promise you God still works miracles. Do not doubt that. Don't ever let anyone doubt that anymore. Pray. You have to pray. I think it's Steve Harvey that says that as long as you wake up in the morning, he still has a purpose for you. So every day I wake up, I remember that. Um, I'm home now. Like I said, I'm on auction 24-7. Three liters. Um, they said I have lung damage. I've been told that my lungs never repair themselves. I've also been told, too, that it takes time. You just have to heal and rest. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'll be on auction forever. I don't have any details, but what I do know is I got 25 feet of oxygen tubing. That might not seem like much, and that is my life right now, but I had two foot in the hospital. I have 25 feet. That might as well be a mansion for a room right now. I can go to the kitchen. I can go to the bathroom. I can go to bed. I can go to a chair. I can sit on the floor. I can stretch. I can do a little bit of yoga. My dream is to get back into Muay Thai. I will say that. That's what I'm gonna, that's what, if I could, that's what I'm pushing for. I want to go back into Muay Thai. But. Tell my family, I can hug my kids. So I got a lot of living to do with 25 feet still. I won't make it happen. So I, I, that's about it, guys. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. I wanted to let y'all know and again leave you with some encouragement, some hope. 
I can make it. So can others. Don't give up hope. Don't give up. Pray. Ask God for help. stay strong keep fighting encourage those who are struggling help those that need help and lift up others we're all in desperate times right now we're, we're all in horrible times but we need each other and I promise you, the world's a lot better when you don't look you're alone. Try to be that light, that candle that leads others out of the darkness. Because there's a lot of darkness in the world. Sometimes it only takes a little bit of spark to brighten others up. I hope the best for everyone. Keep me in your thoughts and prayers. And again, have faith, have hope. We'll get through this. Have a good day. Bye.